Quoi on ASEAN Speaks, brought to you by Maybank. In our first episode for 2024, our economists and analysts give an overview of their outlook for various ASEAN economies, from Singapore to Malaysia, to the Philippines, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam, as well as China. Chua Bin, our regional co-head for macroeconomics, gets the insights. Hey, hi, good morning. Happy New Year. Hope you all had a good break. We'll focus on our year-ahead report today, Green Shoots in a Fragmented World. So I think when we look back, 2023 was full of surprises. The US economy defied gravity and dodged a recession. China's reopening bounds were shorter and weaker than expected. Global interest rates rose further and higher than anticipated. And tech reclaimed its market leadership with the Magnificent Seven and breakthrough in artificial intelligence. The Israel-Hamas war worsened the geopolitical uncertainty and fragmentation. So in 2023, ASEAN was a defensive harbor, but not immune to the rising interest rates and China's lethargic reopening bounds. ASEAN's GDP growth slowed to 4% last year from 4.7% in 2022 as exports and manufacturing weakened. But domestic services, hospitality, and aviation recovered and supported growth, even as China's revenge travel petered up by the third quarter. For 2024, uh, we're looking for stronger and more balanced growth as manufacturing and exports recover while revenge spending and services fade. So we're looking at ASEAN 6 GDP growth recovering from 4% last year to about 4.7% in 2024 and 4.8% in 2025. The big delta change actually is going to be in the more trade-dependent economies, including Vietnam, looking at 5.8%, Malaysia 4.4%, Thailand 3.6%, Singapore 2.2%. Growth in the more domestic-oriented economies, Indonesia and Philippines, will probably still be resilient. Inflation, we're looking at for it to ease to within the comfort zones of most Asian South central banks. The Fed will hold higher for longer, and we think they'll be easing only in the third quarter of this year. And some ASEAN central banks may start easing after the Fed eases, including Indonesia, Philippines, and Thailand. So we're highlighting three teams here. Uh, the, all the country economists will be coming on later as well, highlighting the three main teams for their, for their respective country reports. First team is the green shoots in exports and manufacturing. Um, it looks like um, the outlook is uh, brighter as we see exports and manufacturing recover across ASEAN. We think this is supported by the aggressive U.S. fiscal spending and general subsidies for semiconductor electric vehicles, the normalization in global consumer spending towards goods as revenge spending and services dissipates. As a replacement tax cycle, U.S. inventories are actually falling and, um, and, and the AI boom is going to help also drive the export growth. Rising FDI and added capacity from shifting manufacturing supply chains will increase ASEAN's leverage to a global trade recovery. The theme too is the U.S. soft landing and Fed pivot. The U.S. appears headed for a soft landing rather than a recession. The lockdown created pent-up demand that is only gradually losing steam. And large U.S. stimulus during the pandemic had led to massive build-up in excess savings, estimated at $2.3 trillion, which fueled a consumer boom. More recent Fed studies suggest that excess savings could still be pretty large, above $1 trillion, and could therefore sustain consumer spending through most of this year. Even after the reopening, the U.S. has pursued aggressive fiscal and industrial policies, running a huge fiscal deficit and more than 6% of GDP. That, I think, is helping to offset the monetary tightening. A soft landing probably implies a higher for longer funds rate and a Fed pivot only in the third quarter later this year. The last theme is China, the lethargic dragon. We're looking for um, somewhat weak growth. Erica will come on later, but 4.4% growth for China. Uh, the reopening momentum is waning. Outbound China tourists to ASEAN is actually plateauing after the initial revenge travel 
a return of China tourists has been stronger in Singapore, Indonesia, and Malaysia, and somewhat weaker in Thailand and Vietnam. China's imports from ASEAN are in the red, but have actually fared better than total imports and due to structural shifts. So China is generally importing more from ASEAN, and that's from the US and the EU. China's FDI into ASEAN is also picking up uh, with the reopening and the geopolitical, geopolitics-driven de-risking. I, I think the main wild card for um, uh, this year is really the Trump uh, victory, a known, unknown possibility in November US elections. Uh, that could lead to sweeping US policy changes, including a blanket 10% import levy, the withdrawal of support for Ukraine, which could split up the, um, the US relationship with allies, and a reversal of Biden's policies on renewables and electric vehicles. Uh, geopolitical fragmentation may worsen, and shifts in supply chain to ASEAN may be suspended and disrupted if the blanket 10% import levy is introduced. Uh, we will be holding a Zoom call tomorrow, Wednesday, 3 p.m., for more elaborate uh, details on, 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 on the thematic with more charts and, um, and slides. I'll move ahead with Singapore, year ahead. Um, Singapore, the theme is speeding up transitions, mainly two major transitions, which is the political and green transitions. A political transition that will see the current Prime Minister Lee hand over power to his deputy, Lawrence Wong, by November uh, this year, before the 2025 general elections. And a green transition that will see Singapore deploy massive capital now to, to prepare for climate change and achieve its target of its net zero emissions by 2050. The government has estimated that more than 100 billion will be needed to spend over the next century on climate change protection. Five billion has already been injected to a coastal and flood protection fund, and then there's a creation of an 800 hectare Long Island that's twice the size of Marina Bay in the East Coast is being studied. I think that Singapore's appetite for renewables is also catalyzing a bit of investment um, in re renewables boom across the region. Um, Singapore will be buying solar energy from Johor and Niger, hydropower from Laos, and wind power from Vietnam. For example, Singapore is raising the carbon tax very aggressively from $5 to $25 per tonne this year, $45 in 2026, and again to $50 to $80 by 2030. Uh, the second team is the green shoots that's showing up. Uh, we are seeing that lift exports and manufacturing. It looks like uh, um, the fourth quarter growth, I mean, uh, yeah, could, be, um, could be well above 2.5%, as indicated by the Prime Minister in his speech, uh, New Year's early speech. Uh, the global electronics demand is recovering, driven by replacement cycle with new models and upgrades, depleting U.S. inventories, uh, again, generous subsidies on some semiconductors and EVs. When we look at China imports from Singapore, they are recovering a bit more strongly than expected, despite a sluggish Chinese economy and a real estate slump. So trade-related and outward-oriented services sectors, including wholesale trade and financial services, will revert to positive growth of this year. The last theme is about the inflation side. Uh, we think that core inflation may not come down as quickly and expecting it to be somewhat sticky. Headline inflation will diverge and will fall more dramatically simply because of the plunge in COE premiums. But core inflation will be somewhat still sticky and above historical norms. But this is because of the hikes in GST, carbon taxes, other administrative prices, including water and public transport. Bear in mind that wage cost pressures will still be pretty tight um, and that could limit the fall in inflation. Prices will also be supported by, I think, a steady consumer demand on the back of a GDP recovery. Uh, we're looking for the MES to maintain the current appreciation stance at the first three of quarterly meetings and ease only later at the October meeting via a flatter slope. Uh, so the current slope that we're looking for is about 1.5% and maybe a, you know, a quarter or half point uh, decline by, by October. 
The three-month SORA rate is projected to fall when the Fed cuts. So we're forecasting the three-month SORA rate to start falling only in the second half to 3.25% from the current 3.75% tracking Fed rate cuts. With that, I'm going to move on to Saudi countries and let's kick off as well to Suhaimi on the Malaysia macro. Hi, morning. Uh, I've been morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. Um, as far as 2024 is concerned, for Malaysia, should be a takeoff year, i.e. a year of execution and implementation of the blueprints, master plans, roadmaps, and legislations that were announced in the second half of last year for uh, the country's medium to long-term economic uh, transition. Um, fiscal reforms and economic restructuring will be high on the agenda. A key element of fiscal reform in 2024 is the implementation of targeted fuel subsidy rationalization, uh, essentially to achieve the lower budget deficit and government debt as a percentage of GDP as per the uh, Madani economy target. And this is legislation, legislated by the Fiscal Responsibility Act that was passed by Parliament uh, last year. There's also uh, to be in line with the targets to reduce carbon emissions and develop renewable energy and EV ecosystem under the National Energy Transition Roadmap and the National or the New Industrial Master Plan 2030. As for economic restructuring, the key or the main item is uh, essentially uh, labor market policy intervention, specifically the implementation of progressive wage policy. Uh, to address people's issue of cost of living, adequacy of retirement savings and equality. So the target is to raise workers' income and labour share of GDP over the next uh, 10 years as per the Madani economy and uh, new industrial master plan uh, targets. We also expect there to be follow-up policies, legislations and measures that would be perhaps more sector or industry specific uh, these include uh, Government Procurement Act to complement the Fiscal Responsibility Act in terms of fiscal reforms. We also expect the government to uh, establish renewable energy exchange, uh, come up with blueprints for high-value, high-growth sectors and industries like technology and digital industry, modern agriculture and agro-based sectors, as well as for rare earth elements. And we look forward to an updated national automotive policy uh, in addition, next week, on 11 January, Malaysia and Singapore is scheduled to ink the MOU on the Johor-Singapore Special Economic Zones. So overall, I think uh, this would translate into firmer growth in 2024 for Malaysia at 4.4% from our estimate of 3.9% for last year, uh, besides the takeoff mentioned earlier other factors driving growth is resilient consumer spending, pickup in government consumption and private investment, plus recoveries in uh, trade-related services and manufacturing industries, namely tourism and electronics. Um, if there is any wild card, I suppose, uh, given uh, what we said earlier about uh, restructuring and reforms, especially on field subsidy rationalization, it will be political will. But with the next general election, only uh, in four years' time, uh, inflation on monthly basis is already very low at sub-2% currently. 
and the Fiscal Responsibility Act, uh, fiscal targets. These are the carrots and sticks to execute and uh, implement. And I think underscoring the takeoff thematic for uh, Malaysia this year, today, uh, later today, uh, the Prime Minister will announce the rollout of the Central Database Hub or PADU, which would be a critical mechanism to assess the eligibility for targeted uh, fuel subsidy. Of course, the flip side of um, subsidy rationalization would be risk of reacceleration in inflation. We do price in a slight uptick in inflation this year to 3% from 2.6% average last year. Hence, our view Bank Negara will keep OPR at 3%. Uh, this year, despite stories or narrative of uh, global interest rate coming down, which should be positive for ringgit, particularly vis-a-vis -vis dollar, as Fed is expected to cut rates this year after aggressively raising interest rate past two years, we are looking at ringgit to end against dollar at 4.4 uh, this year against the uh, 4.6 uh, closure at the end of last year, which was better than our expectation of 470. Thanks, Amy. Um, Erica, on China? Morning, Hakbin. So for China, um, what we're looking at is for growth to be much slower uh, at 4.4% this year um, after the reopening boost um, that brought GDP growth last year to 55 Two percent in our estimates. So next, uh, this uh, coming year, there will be uh, three key themes driving growth. Uh, number one, uh, we think it will be managing risks from the property and local government debt uh, areas. And then number two, the government will be concentrating on propping up growth. Um, and number three, um, the government will have to rekindle private sector confidence. So we think the first two tasks of managing risks and propping up growth, uh, China will see some reasonable success. Um, but on the third challenge, uh, which is rekindling private sector confidence, that might prove uh, more challenging to achieve. So uh, firstly, um, in terms of risk management, we think uh, China will try to uh, roll out further policies to engineer a delicate landing in the property sector and pretty much to stop the deterioration in home sales and construction starts. Now, uh, developers' finances and home sales um, have in the past year been forming a vicious circle. And uh, going forward, if home buyers don't believe that developers can deliver the pre-sold homes, they will stop buying. So the key for the government is to enact policies to restore confidence by ramping up uh, completions of the homes. And then um, on uh, local government debt risks, we expect uh, the central government in Beijing to step in more systematically to help the weaker provinces um, to head off their default risks and also to alleviate some of the hardships um, that have arisen uh, from the cost-cutting by uh, local governments in order to make ends meet. So we expect uh, these to be um, the priority uh, on the, uh, the government's agenda in the coming year. Uh, and then uh, moving on to the second theme of ramping up a macro support, uh, we expect that 
to um, go up a notch in the coming year with a tilt towards uh, fiscal spending, right? So we expect uh, the central government uh, to be running a, a higher uh, budget deficit uh, this year. Uh, so 3.8% uh, compared to the previously estimated 3.0%. And then um, in FY 2024, uh, we think that that has room to go up to 4.1%. Um, we think that uh, Beijing is going to rely less on monetary policy easing uh, in the coming year uh, compared to the previous year. So where um, the PBOC's rate cuts have been um, doing the, the heavy lifting, uh, we think that uh, cutting rates um, will go on. So we expect uh, the one-year loan prime rate to be cut to 3.0%, but uh, we don't think that cutting rates uh, in the current macro environment will be very effective uh, because loan demand is still very weak. So this brings us to the third theme, uh, which is um, for the government to, to step in more um, aggressively uh, because uh, underlying growth is still fragile. So we note that private consumption um, is uh, petering out uh, since the post reopening a revenge spending boost. And in 2024, we are looking at private consumption to only grow by around 4.1% from more than 6% last year. Uh, and um, in terms of business confidence, it's still also very weak. Um, and we note that private sector um, investments uh, have actually shrunk uh, last year uh, with uh, state-owned enterprises primarily uh, driving expansion. Uh, so uh, in, in the coming year, um, the central government has rolled out uh, a 25-point plan to revive private sector activity. So hopefully um, that can uh, do some of that magic. But um, going forward, to be very honest, we think that the regulatory environment um, uncertainty has been holding back um, private uh, businesses' confidence. And we think that um, regulatory risks will need to be low and stable um, going forward for animal spirits to return. Uh, so uh, in conclusion, we expect growth in 2024 to come in at only 4.4% and um, in 2025 to stay um, around those levels at 4.5%. Back to you, Hakbin. Thanks, Erica. Let's move on to Winston on FI strategy, fixed income strategy. Hi, morning, Habin. For fixed income, firstly on Malaysia, ringgit government bonds ended 2023 strongly with a total return of 6.4%, which is the best year since 2020 as MGSU fell by about 20-30 bips across the curve. For 2024, we expect another good year as we think the late cycle rally on bonds hasn't played out in full yet. We don't expect any additional OPR hike, so this is good. Uh, supply and demand profile is looking slightly favorable. A uh, net government bond supply is going to be a lot lower. Uh, demand for um, pension funds and lifers we think should remain strong, although I want to highlight that hopefully foreign outflow risk uh, uh, remains um, uh, a thing to watch out for. We forecast 3.5% 10-year MGS yield by the end of first half 24. Uh, secondly, coming to the regional market, uh, EM Asia local currency bonds similarly had a good year in 2023. 
And moving to 2024, we maintain a bullish bias on the markets we monitor. On China, we are mildly bullish because we think the PBOC easing bias remains intact uh, given the structural slowdown in the economy. A bond supply may be higher in order to fund fiscal stimulus, but is cushioned by liquidity injection by the PPOC. We expect 10-year CGB yield of 2.5% in three to six months. Uh, for Indonesia, we are neutral. Uh, we like indoor GB because the inflations are benign. Um, Bank Indonesia might cut rate and the government is very disciplined on fiscal spending. But these positives are offset by rupiah's vulnerability to external risk sentiment and expectation of higher bond supply in the first quarter. Uh, Singapore, we are neutral uh, simply because the yield curve is just uh, too low, trading at a huge discount compared to treasuries, and we think it will underperform uh, in 2024. And third, come to treasury market. It has been a very volatile year. A 10-year US yield reached a low 3.25 and at a high 5%. But it proved too early to write off treasuries because bonds staged a massive rally into the year end. So coming to 2024, we think bond volatility might persist. We are mindful of yield rebound after a strong rally because the inflation and growth outlook remain very uncertain. The current market pricing of 150 bit total rate cut in 2024, I think is mild compared to average of more than 300 bips in the past few cycles. But of course, it would be too dovish if the U.S. economy remains resilient. So overall, we expect 10-year U.S. yield to come down uh, further, um, and we expect uh, we forecast 3.5% by the end of first half 24. Thanks, Winston. Uh, Andy, on your three themes for your FX strategy. Hi, morning, Abin. Yeah, the the uh, in 2024, I think the main theme. I think the greatest, biggest theme in 2024 would be the expectations for easing of interest rates by the Fed. Uh, starting in mid-2024. Uh, uh, I think this is set against the backdrop of the slowing U.S. growth uh, as inflation actually stabilizes further. Uh, other major central banks are likely to follow suit with different timelines as well, uh, while the Bank of Japan is likely to normalize monetary policy in early 2024. So on that basis, as um, the U.S. economy slows and inflation eases gradually, our view is that the dollar is expected to um, somewhat uh, ease uh, and, and we think that it has peaked at around 107 in fourth quarter 2023. So the path uh, to us is clear for dollar weakness in 2024, although we think there could be some support in the near term uh, before seeing a bumpy decline possibly in uh, in a more significant way uh, towards the tail end of first quarter and, and into second quarter as well. Um, the issue for us is in terms of uh, China's situation remains uh, quite challenging with growth likely to stay soft in 2024 and there'll be a ramp up of policy support measures to, to manage risk. Uh, what that means is that we think there's a likely scenario that B is more likely to lag its peers in recovery against um, uh, the greenback amid lingering concerns on its growth outlook. So uh, China's choice of economic support uh, to boost uh, uh, housing, uh, construction activities and all that we think that that's likely to leave demand for Australia's resource exports uh, in general. So in, in essence, our first theme, we look for Aussie CNY to hit higher towards a five-figure. Second theme is actually uh, the relative value place in ASEAN. Going to 2024, I think ASEAN countries uh, will uh, likely set to face diverging developments in our view. Thailand settling down after completion of its elections. Uh, but fundamentally, there could also be some improvements in play after difficult uh, few pandemic years as well uh, on the front. 
uh, and tourist returns and gold prices uh, hold up. But I think in in on the other extreme end, we think Indonesia in twenty twenty four is a country which will face tightly contested presidential elections. So uh, at the same time, Philippines likely to be uh, remaining with uh, facing fundamental challenges. So we suggest going long a uh, Thai baht IDR and Thai baht peso. So slightly more positive on Thai baht. The uh, third team is uh, riding the AI wave. I think a lot have uh, talked about that. There are subtle indicators that the global electronic cycle may have reached its uh, sort of nadir. Uh, so I think we're, we're poised for a resurgence uh, driven by uh, excitement surrounding the AI uh, sort of uh, team. So I think in terms of uh, demand for hardware, uh, fuel advance for advancement for AI applications, uh, pick up semicon in, uh, industry actually stands at the forefront. So in that sense, we actually we see upswing in Korean won, Taiwan dollar, and Sing dollar uh, by improvement of the trade balances. So on the North Asian front, Korean won, Taiwan dollar against dollar is something we are recommending, uh, or against CNY as well, uh, relative to Korean won and Taiwan dollar, and we are recommending actually Long Sing near. The wildcard for us is actually aggressive uh, uh, tightening Bank of Japan. Bank of Japan has been gradually adjusting its YCC policy. Uh, we think that the big risk uh, for 2024 out of uh, the currency space would be the possibility that BOJ could move beyond just being neutral and uh, assigning a 30% chance that they could embark on a very aggressive uh, tightening cycle, which would surprise us. Uh, and, and that would lead to actually further yen upside. So... Uh, that's our workout for, for FX. Happy. Thanks, Sally. Uh, Brian, for Indonesia Macro, your three key teams. Morning, Happy. So our first team is steady GDP growth in an election year as uh, resilient consumption and export pickup offsets softer investment. So we're expecting real GDP to grow by 5.1% in 2024 and 5.2% in 2025 from 5% in 2023. We think household expenditure will likely remain steady with a resilient labour market, pre-election spending during the campaigns, and also government policy support. Consumption may see a boost in the first quarter of 2024, driven by election campaign spending and also pre-election festivities. Business investment, on the other hand, is expected to cool with the elections as uh, firms wait and see on whether there will be major changes to policies and the business landscape. Net exports should improve from the second half as global demand recovers. The second theme is that uh, inflation is likely to remain in check and within the BI target range. Inflation is projected to ease to 3% in 2024 and 2025 from 3.7% in 2023. Inflation has been picking up in month-on-month -month terms due to higher food prices and also possibly import prices from the recent bout of rupiah depreciation. Nonetheless, Inflation will be capped by favorable base effects in the initial months of 2024 and thus remaining within 3% in year-on-year -year terms for at least the first quarter. We're expecting inflation to be higher in the second half, lifted by stronger GDP growth. BI this year is targeting a lower inflation range of one5 to 3.5%. We're projecting that the Bank Indonesia BI will cut rates by 75 basis points in the second half of 2024 as an easing US Fed provides leeway to relax monetary policy. After all, the policy rate differential is exceptionally narrow at uh, only 0.67 percentage points, and this provides BI with limited scope to ease ahead of the Fed. The third theme is that of uh, modest twin deficits. The, we are expecting a small current account deficit of 0.5% of GDP in 2024, as commodity prices may remain soft due to slowing global demand in the first half. 
A renewed commodity price boom is unlikely given China's lethargic growth. Uh, and we must remember that the commodity price boom was what fueled current account surpluses in 2021 and 2022. The current account in def deficit in 2024 will still be lower than pre-pandemic levels, reflecting the downstreaming push to boost export value added. And what's more, the current account should improve in the second half as exports recover. Um, for this year, for last year, 2023, the data isn't out yet, but we are expecting that the current account balance likely won down to 0% of GDP in 2023. The fiscal balance will be supported by robust revenue stemming from a stable economy and ongoing tax reforms. Budget 2024 targets a fiscal deficit at 2.3% of GDP. The budget deficit will likely be slightly below 2% in 2023 uh, due to higher than target tax revenue. Back to you, Harpit. Great. Thanks, Brian. Zamros, Philippines Macro. Hi, morning, Harpit. Morning, everyone. Yeah, we for the Philippines, uh, we expect growth uh, to be better uh, this year at 6.5% from estimated of 5.8% last year. And to put things in perspective, the 6.5% is actually at the lower end of the uh, government's uh, growth target for this year of between 6.5% uh, uh, and 8%. Uh, three things to watch or three teams uh, for the Philippines. Uh, firstly, uh, we expect uh, domestic demand. Uh, to continue to drive growth uh, for the Philippines with the resilient uh, private consumption supported by the stable labor market condition and also stable employment and also supported by the uh, current infrastructure uh, pushed by the government under the Build Better More initiatives whereby currently we have 197 uh, infrastructure flagship projects uh, under various stages of uh, implementation. And the government continue to uh, allocate uh, of between 5 to 6% of GDP on infrastructure spending every year. Uh, uh, secondly, on the uh, inflation, uh, we continue to see the upside risk due to the supply shocks. Uh, we know that the uh, food and non-alcoholic beverages inflation contributed the most to the uh, uh, recent inflation surge in Philippines, whereby uh, FNNB contributed about, uh, it has about close to 40% weight in the CPI basket. And uh, the, there's a continued risk uh, from the El Nino, uh, the Russia-Ukraine war, and also the Palestine-Israel conflicts. Uh, hence, the government recently uh, approved uh, the extension of Executive Order Number Ten, uh, which is to continue to, uh, uh, to 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 put a lower import tariff for pork, rice, corn, and coal uh, until 31st December of 2024. Uh, on, on El Nino, uh, we expect the agriculture loss and the impact on inflation uh, to be uh, uh, to persist until the middle of uh, this year, where several areas in the Philippines already started to experience uh, drought uh, from uh, December 2023. And thirdly, uh, the, uh, the, the, the issue of addressing the imbalances. Uh, we know that Philippines are currently facing the, both uh, the fiscal deficit and also current account deficit. Uh, on fiscal deficit, uh, the government introducing new revenue measures. Uh, firstly, on the uh, uh, introduction of excise tax on uh, sweetened beverages and junk food, uh, introduction of the 12% VAT on digital service providers, and also the uh, uh, mining fiscal regime, whereby there's 4% uh, royalty on mining, uh, on mining uh, uh, output. Uh, the windfall profit tax and also the higher effective tax rate to 51% from uh, 38%. Uh, on current account deficit, uh, uh, Philippines continue to be uh, uh, 
the net food and fuel importers uh, that contributed to the goods account deficit and with the infrastructure push uh, by the government we think that uh, they're going to be persist the uh, current account uh, deficit but we expect that to be uh, sort of uh, balanced by the uh, higher surplus in services with the improved uh, service uh, tourism sector and also the uh, the the robust secondary income account which is from the overseas Filipino remittances so overall we are looking at both fiscal deficit and current account deficit uh, to improve uh, this year and the last point is on the managing government debt uh, as I said uh, September this last September last year it stood at about 60.2 percent of GDP and under the medium-term uh, fiscal framework 2023-2028, uh, the government uh, wants to put it uh, to be less than 60% by 2025. Uh, Habib. Thanks, Zamros. Erica, on Thailand. Thanks, Hakbin. Uh, for Thailand, we are expecting uh, quite a significant recovery from the soft patch of 2023. So as we all know, uh, Thailand saw growth of uh, an estimated 2.3% in 2023. And we expect that to be ramped up to 3.6% in the coming year. Um, if there is one word to sum up uh, Thailand's growth prospects uh, in 2024, uh, it is the word build. So we expect public and private investments uh, to be ramped up uh, in 2024 after being held back uh, by a confluence of different factors. So on public investment, we know that um, the delayed approval of uh, the budget bill um, uh, was due to uh, the <clears throat> delay in forming a government. Uh, so we expect uh, the disbursements uh, into public infrastructure works to be ramped up from Q2 this year onwards. And uh, we expect uh, from then on to see a slew of um, intensification uh, of mega project construction. Uh, to name a few, uh, we have uh, the a uh, double track railway um, running uh, up and down uh, Thailand. And we also have the high speed rail linking the three key airports. Uh, and then uh, two other uh, mega projects would be uh, the MRT uh, enhancements to the orange and purple lines and um, the port uh, of Lam Chabang, uh, we expect to see phase three kicking off. So all these uh, will lead to a huge uh, rebound in uh, public investment. And then in terms of private uh, capex, we also see uh, Thailand continue to be uh, one of the key beneficiaries of the ongoing shift of manufacturing capacity to locations outside of China. So we note that uh, Thailand's Board of Investments has secured uh, commitments uh, from uh, big names such as BYD Auto, um, Foxconn, as well as Amazon Web Services. And in 2023, um, the value of uh, FDI pledges um, that we know of has soared by 43%. So we expect uh, 2024 to be the year of um, a consolidation and 
uh, execution of these uh, FDI spending on the uh, private front. And together with the public mega projects, uh, we expect uh, that to push uh, Thailand's uh, gross fixed capital formation up uh, to around 3.8% uh, uh, from around 1.4% uh, last year. And then um, the second key theme that we're looking at uh, is uh, tourism regrouping after the letdown of 2023. So we expect uh, tourist arrivals to Thailand uh, to improve to around 34 million uh, to 36 million uh, after coming in at just uh, around 27 million visitors in 2023. And we expect uh, non-Chinese uh, Asian markets to play a starring role. Uh, so we note that uh, in 2023, um, it was a bit of a, a letdown, uh, especially uh, on the Chinese uh, tourism front, uh, because uh, not only uh, due to the slowdown in China's domestic economy, but there were also some uh, perceptions about safety that held back uh, tourism numbers to Thailand in particular. Uh, so we think that uh, right now, uh, the Thai authorities are zooming in on uh, some of the better performing markets, namely ASEAN, uh, Europe, and South Asia. So these uh, actually made up two thirds of all tourism arrivals uh, to Thailand last year. And we expect that uh, to continue to be strong. So we think that um, Thailand will continue to pivot uh, its transport and hospitality hospitality sectors to cater to these uh, strong markets of uh, ASEAN, Europe and South Asia, and that uh, will undergird uh, tourism sector growth in 2024. Now, finally, the third theme uh, would be uh, Thai exports uh, shaking off the weakness of last year. Uh, so we note that uh, Thailand's uh, merchandise exports uh, have been uh, in contraction for much of last year, uh, not just due to cyclical uh, weaknesses, uh, but Thailand's shipments suffered from uh, two particular structural uh, issues, which is uh, its dependence on um, hard disk drives that were being phased out and also on petrochemicals uh, that have suffered uh, from China's drive uh, to build capacity on the mainland. So we expect that in 2024, uh, both factors will pose a smaller drags on exports because they have pretty much run their course and uh, going forward, we also see uh, the Thai um, manufacturing sector pivoting to uh, fast-growing export segments uh, such as new energy vehicles, uh, EG, uh, EV batteries, um, biotechnology, and IC chips. So we expect uh, that to boost Thailand's trade balance in the coming year. And then uh, also circling back to the mega project boom, uh, we think that these um, infrastructure um, enhancements will actually put Thailand in a stronger footing to benefit from the regional uh, FDI reconfiguration. Back to you, Hapin. Thanks, Erica. Lastly, Brian on Vietnam. Yeah, thanks, Hapin. <clears throat> so for Vietnam, the first theme is that of an export field recovery, but real estate remaining a drag. So we are forecasting firmer GDP growth for 5.8% in 2024 and 6.2% in 2025. And that's up from the 5% recorded in 2023. 
The recovery will be led by green shoots in exports and manufacturing, given that the economy is highly trade sensitive with uh, exports making up more than 90% of GDP. Higher capacity from manufacturing supply chain shifts as Vietnam benefits from the uh, diversification out of China has increased leverage to global demand recovery. Easing mortgage burdens and improving sentiment alongside a recovering economy will also support higher household consumption. Fiscal policy will remain supportive to the recovery with strong infrastructure spending, ongoing transport projects like the new airports, and also several relief measures extended into 2024, such as cuts in VAT and other taxes and fees. Several factors could cool FDI interest in 2024 compared to the exceptionally strong pleasures in 2023, even as Vietnam's structural advantages will continue to anchor investment interests. Investors will be mindful of infrastructure strains, including an overloaded transmission grid and limited renewable energy supply, uh, which led to um, contributed in part to the energy shortages in uh, summer of 2023. Another impediment is the growing dependence on imported inputs as homegrown suppliers are only able to supply non-core and low-value-added parts and components. What's more, a global minimum tax of 15% will be imposed on uh, from 1st January 2024, significantly uh, raising tax bills for 122 foreign companies, which further increases the cost of uh, investing in Vietnam. A cash subsidy package for large high-tech investors is being prepared, but will only be finalized sometime this year. The property sector, we expect it to remain a drag on domestic demand. Bond refinancing pressure will likely continue uh, this year, given the sluggish property market and high debt burden, even though the worst is likely over with the slew of uh, supportive policies to ease repayment pressure coming out from the government uh, over last year. Um, nonetheless, uh, home buyer demand should gradually recover with lower lending rates and the economic recovery, and this could brighten the outlook for the real estate sector in the second half of 2024. The second theme is stable inflation. We're forecasting inflation uh, like rising slightly to 3.5% in 2024, from 3.3% in 2023, prices will be supported by higher consumer spending, uh, but should be kept in check by the 2 percentage point VAT cut, which will last until June. Uh, if we look at the big components, food inflation, which uh, makes up one-third of the CPI basket, will remain contained due to uh, favorable global supply conditions. Uh, transport prices, which make up about 10% of the CPI basket, will be kept by stable oil prices, uh, or even though the contribution to headline CPI will revert to positive as opposed to the uh, big drags uh, over the past year. Um, if we look at the other uh, big uh, uh, co price component, uh, electricity prices, which make up almost 20% of the CPI basket, think that has been in the news lately because of the recent 4.5% electricity hike by the uh, state-run electricity company EVN. Uh, but nonetheless, we think that the impact of electricity price hikes on the overall CPI should be modest given that Every 10% hike raises consumer prices by just 0.3%. Uh, the third theme is that we are expecting SBV to hold policy rates, but uh, the risks uh, are nonetheless uh, uh, tilted towards tightening. So we are expecting um, SBV to hold policy rates uh, this year. Um, policy rates were cut by 150 basis points in 2023 and need not be cut further given the uh, firming economic recovery. Um, SBV can be patient on raising rates given below target inflation and the property slump. However, I would caution that the risk to our view uh, include um, 
the uh, SBE concern about financial stability impact, about loose of loose monetary policy, which could indicate a bias towards normalizing policy rates uh, once headwinds have passed. And also, of course, if there, uh, in the event of a sharp uh, dong weakening, especially to October, November 2022 levels, uh, that could actually force SBV to hide in order to defend the dong. Uh, so that's my three teams. Back to you, Hakbin. Great. Thanks, Brian. Uh, that's all we have today. Have a good uh, 2024 year ahead. For more information, get in touch with the trading rep at Maybank or access our research reports on Maybank Trade. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I'm Esther Pura, and this is ASEAN Speaks by Maybank. <laughs>